Hello, everyone. I'm having a bullet. I'm eating a bullet. Yeah. Luke always tells me, he always tells me to swallow a bullet. So I thought I'd take him up on the offer. It's a chocolate licorice one, though, so it didn't hurt too much. Do they call them bullets in other countries? Chubs, sure. chubs of shit, I think they call them in Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> and kekos in uh, Venezuela. Oh, yeah. 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 And um, chubs of shits <laughs> in England as well. Wow. <laughs> Uh, this is episode, what, 117? Yeah, it, it is, mate, yep. Fuck. 117. Welcome, everyone. Fuck Welcome to the show. It's actually unbelievable. It is. That we have stuck to something for this long. Yeah. 117 episodes. I don't trust that there's 117 episodes. I don't know how That's many how hours. unbelievable it is. Yeah, 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 me neither. I have to yeah. keep looking at the page yeah. and go, and like scroll through and go and count every single one. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, <laughs> eight, nine, ten. All the way up to 117, yeah. just to confirm... That it's real. Mm. And then I pinched myself a little bit, yeah. just on the perineum, under yeah. my balls and yeah. between my anus. I pinch that as hard as I can. Right. And give a bit of a... <laughs> and I'm awake. Yeah. This is real. Yeah, this yeah. is all absolutely real. And I'm living the dream. Yeah. You know, living the dream. <laughs> what an amazing story, I'll mate. just make a cup of tea for us. All right, that'd be lovely. So I've got a bit of mood lighting, as you can see tonight, Warren. A couple of lamps burning. Burning the... Burning the midnight oil, oil as it were. Well, one lamp is focused purely on your uh, your whiskey decanters. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Some sort of hard focus over there. Spotlight. And one, I'm not sure what it's doing, but it reminds me of the Pixar uh, animation. Oh, yeah, it does look like that lamp. Like yeah. it's going to suddenly start jumping yeah. on the letter. Yeah. On That's the eye. That's a clever bit of animation, that one. Oh, it's very clever, isn't it? Apparently it took, what was it? 665 hours or something to do that to animate that lamp yeah I reckon they need to find something else to do maybe make oh, I'm, only jo- I'm only joking yeah okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe make a movie yeah originally uh, you have um, two little sugar things like I do yes thanks mate that's not uh, sugar babies <laughs> you don't have to get so angry about it Warren me yeah I'm always angry very aggressive tonight well you know some of us have reason to be angry yeah yeah, I'll hold that for you, mate. That's <laughs> uh, not his penis, everyone. It'd be hard to make a cup of tea when you're holding a microphone. There we go. Look, we're watching him. He's got uh, two beautiful yeah, tea mugs. It's our sugar tablets because we're elderly. We can't handle too much sugar. <laughs> no. That's too wild. That's yeah. like hitting a nightclub. <laughs> That's, so these are like, this make us feel a bit naughty because they're like little tabs. And you have they're two like, of them. Yeah, like two little eckies. <laughs> That's a couple of disco biscuits in Yeah. <laughs> so you even know the terms, mate. That's how oh, cool yeah, you yeah. are. Well, I know the terms from the early 90s. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know You've lost it from now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Either way, guys, we are hardcore. What are we talking about tonight, big waz? Well, we thought we'd have a chat about bizarre animal encounters. Yeah, so I've we? gone with... Uh, I've got some animal facts yeah. and... Um, yeah, death stuff. Yeah, I've and, got some death weird stuff. Encounters. I've got some death stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You tend to gravitate towards oh, death. Oh, yeah, I love death. Yeah. Well, Death's fun. We're all gravitating towards we, death, aren't we? <laughs> we, we, we are. So if you take that principle and move with it, yeah. it's uh, no surprise, really. I'm currently just finishing off my, uh, my research. Doing your notes. Yeah. Um, now, uh, before I forget, I want to give a big shout-out to... A bloke called Pat. Um, okay. He's a blog follower of mine, and I follow his blog as well. So yep. um, he's a hobby enthusiast. 
<laughs> I like great. the emphasis on coming close to the microphone when you've got to say it. Yeah, he's a great dude. Um, what is he again? A hobby enthusiast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's great. Um, the hobby is actually um, interfering with the dead. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. What no, is it really? Uh, it's um, painting little miniatures. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. No, he's a cool dude. Uh, he's an Aussie dude as yeah. well. Okay. And he's all the better. This, he's been listening to every single episode of Fly Home Podcast. Wow. He loves you. He thinks the sun shines out of your ass. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. Every time he comments about the the podcast, yeah. he always talks about you. Thanks. And man. I'm like, there's two of us, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I think I need for that? What? A big pat on the back. All right. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, Pat. Pat would definitely climb up on your back. <laughs> nah, I'm sure he wouldn't. <laughs> he's, a, he's a yeah, he's a really nice dude. So I just want to give him a shout out and say thanks for listening to all the episodes, mate. He was disappointed because yeah. he was catching up. You know what I mean? Oh, so he felt been, a bit behind the eight ball. Well, he's been listening to one after the other, right? Of episodes, like yes. basically, what do you call it? Like binging them. Yes. Bang, bang, bang. And then as you do with Game of Thrones, absolutely. This is, yeah, yeah, even yeah. better. This is the game of podcasts. <laughs> Um, That's right. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he was like, "Oh no, I'm catching up now. Now I've got to wait before you know the episodes are released." So yeah, wow. So that's a fan. That's a bloody I'm, fan. I'm impressed, Pat, <laughs> and I really appreciate it. Thanks, mate. So thanks, buddy. Also, yeah. want to give a shout out. Shout out to um, Amanda. Oh, hang on, I better get her Instagram handle you right. Better, mate. Uh, she did a promo for us, uh, which I'll play in a moment. Um, she's a really cool chick from Wales. Um, over in, oh, is it wrong to say the United Kingdom? or I think Wales Welsh don't people? mind being part of the United Kingdom. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so it's not are. like, fuck off, it's I'm not... not fucking English, you know? Well, probably. Okay, yeah. But I don't think they've got as much claim to say it as the Irish do. Yeah, that's fair. Because yeah. Yeah. So we're stuck next to them. It's <laughs> a big shout out to her Instagram is Amanda's with an S underscore homebakes. Um, so her feed is full of these scrumptious, scrumptious uh, chocolate cakes and um, delicious looking things that I just want to eat all day, every day. Uh, she also uh, is keen into um, uh, training, like getting fit and all that kind of stuff as well. Really, really nice girl. Um, and I'll play her promo now. What do you reckon B was? Thanks very much, Amanda. This is Flying Wall Podcast. My name is Luke. And my name is Big Ferris. And as Warren mentioned before, we are talking animal encounters, strange, weird, wonderful, sexy, horny, scary. Um, would you like me to shoot? Oh, actually, I've got a couple of other little stories for you. All right, tell those little stories, man. So the other day, right, um, my youngest daughter likes to play quiz. She likes me to quiz her, like ask her a bunch of random questions and it can be personal things like, okay, what's your sister's middle name? And it can be, how do you spell circle? And it all, you know, all different random trivia type stuff. She loves it. Okay. Spelling things, math things, all sorts of stuff. Anyway, the other day I said to her, can you explain to me what a spatula 
is, oh, okay. right? Yep. And she goes, she thought about it for a while, <laughs> thought about it for a while. Mm. Her little twinkly blue eyes were sort of looking up and she was thinking, she goes, um, is it those people that are on that show, The Bachelor? <laughs> and I was well impressed. I like Yeah, the she way was wrong, is. obviously, oh, oh. But, and, but we had a good old chuckle. I always I thought they were called spatulas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are tools. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, and I thought that was pretty cute. And that wanted is to very share cute. It. Yeah. I like yeah, that. She's a good What kid. I like is that she had a bit of a think about it. Yeah, yeah, she's bachelor. A spatula, considered spatula, answer. Bachelor, bachelor, bachelor. It's That's the bachelor. It. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. It's just dad being a knob, so I'll just say that. <laughs> yeah. Now, I better tell the story because obviously I put it on Instagram, what happened to me the other day, but I better tell the good folks listening because some of the listeners don't follow the Instagram mm. um, and why we've decided to talk about encounters with um, animals. Of course. So Not sexual encounters, hopefully. Not this time. No. No. Although he had a dirty look in his eye, this rooster. <laughs> the other day I was at a job and I had to hang a gate. So the gate was there. She just wanted it, you know, she'd bought the gate. Uh, the fence was all there. She just wanted me to put the hinges on and hang the gates, yeah. you know. And it was one, I don't know what you call them, but it's one of those ones where it just you just slots on top, mm. like you you know. It's not just like a slot on gate. Yeah, yeah, it's not a hinge. Yeah, it's a hinge, but mm. anyway. So it takes two hands. So I'm lifting it up. It's pretty heavy. Mm. I'm trying to work it onto these hinges, and then in, <laughs> in the corner of my eye, I see something small and black running at me, mm. and I sort of like. T- Put my head to the side, and I just, it, for some reason I actually thought it was like a ball rolling towards me oh. because of the size. Yeah. Anyway, so it sort of caught me off guard. I looked to the side, and there's a rooster, and a pretty big one as well. It wasn't the size of you, but it was, yeah. he was a big boy, this guy, <laughs> and he just sort of he, that his his intentions were clear. Yeah. Like he was coming for me. Yeah. He wasn't like coming over to have a bit of a, a peck around and a sniff for you. Were his like new, that. new roost. He, yeah. <laughs> yeah. he was. I was one you. of his hens. Yeah. yeah, as far as he was concerned. <laughs> so he came at me towards my left mm. and was like, <laughs> and he actually started trying to. He was pecking on my boot. Right. And my ankle skirts, which are, uh, protect me from grass clippings. Come on, be honest, um, it was just a skirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he was sort of like having a bit of a go. He wasn't, I wouldn't say he was crazy aggressive. He yeah. wasn't like clawing me or anything like that. But he just clearly didn't like me in the vicinity of him and his hands. He wasn't a fighting cock. No. <laughs> they put the blade on the back of their foot. <laughs> he was at Jesus. They, No, because he would have sliced yeah. my Achilles wide <laughs> open. Straight at it. But anyway, so he's come at me and I'm yeah. sort of, at first I'm sort of like, get out of it. You know, like yeah. just put my leg up, not to actually like you kick me. When I have yeah, to get you out of it when you're, when you're coming at me with your cock. <laughs> um, so like just to sort of shoo him yeah. away. But that wasn't enough. He just kept okay. coming back. He was like, fuck off, fuck off. <laughs> so I just, I had to, I didn't actually make contact with him, right. but I had to kick aggressively, you know. Right and then I started, beak. Yeah. <laughs> and then I started to chuckle because I yeah. thought, imagine if the woman, because the woman wasn't home. Yeah. Imagine if she was home and happened to look at out her window and <laughs> sees her new gardener dancing and having some karate competition with her, with her chicken. Oh. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so that led me to, no, to so tell where, you about it. And then you said, why don't we do animal encounters? I did indeed. Mm. Now, my next question, where did you bury it? <laughs> I didn't feel like KFC yeah. like, straight after that. I was like, oh, he's quite tasty, that yeah. rooster. I'm going to crumb you, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you know that the, uh, the thing on top of... Their heads mm. um, is called a comb. 
There you go. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. I've heard it before. My oldest daughter... What's sp- this one? Oh, the, the wife did tell the me that. Um, oh, I can't remember now. We'll have to find out for the, you listeners. That goblets. Actually, it probably is called no. like a giblet or a goblet. Yeah. <laughs> but my eldest daughter, for some reason, had it in her head that the thing on top of the head is called a cockle. I'm like, uh, oh, okay. No. I knew it wasn't a cockle. Who knows? But I didn't know it was a comb. So Don't come go. straight out there and just refuse, because yeah. it might be. So you learn every day. Uh, I've got another story, a personal story as well, but tell a me wattle. what... A wattle. A wattle. There you oh, go. Oh, okay. What will they think of next, eh? <laughs> <laughs> they have a red bit that sticks out from the top of their heads, the comb, and the other that dangles beneath the chin, the mm. wattle. Oh, okay. So there you go. And how right? ugly are they? Have you ever looked at a rooster up close? They're actually really sure, ugly. Sure, they probably won't appreciate you saying They're probably thinking them. the same thing about me, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> Hello to all our cockerel listeners. <laughs> On his uh, cock cast, he's running. Um, yeah, so the other story that I had a couple of stories that came to mind on a more personal nature, not with me interacting in a weird way with animals, which is a weird sentence to say. Um, but yeah, my dad, many years ago when we were in England, we went somewhere, we went to some sort of family day out thing where there was animals sort of wandering around, like harmless animals. Not the um, family. No, no, no. <laughs> and for some reason, a goose. <laughs> took, a, took a liking to my dad Right And dad doesn't like animals no. At all He like, doesn't like dogs Doesn't like cats oh, okay. Not into animals at yeah. all Humorless um, Yeah I know yeah. It's <laughs> selfish and humorless <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah But uh, yeah But this goose Definitely took a fancy For, for Terry And uh, You just smelt right that day Yeah Just yeah. kept following me around And no matter where dad went And it was just dad Like we, I was sort of like Trying to play Like interact with the goose yeah. But the goose didn't want A bar of me right. He just kept following dad <laughs> Dad just kept walking Like in his little Cool swagger that he does and yeah, the goose just kept following around I feel for like a good by part the end of the of it, day. He was trying to look calm, but inside, my dad, yeah, yeah I was fearful, inside, fearful. Was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was an absolute melting pot like of a, anger, like a criminal being like shadowed Hounded. by like a police yeah. Yeah. Uh, detective or something. Yeah, yeah just a yeah. bit of a bead of sweat running yeah. down his brow. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right, Dad. Yeah, I'm fine. Mm. What? Just still doing what? his swagger. But Why yeah. do you keep looking at me? It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it happens all the time. Yeah. Um, the other one I had was uh, an old friend of mine. Uh, called Simon. Yeah. Um, he was a bit of a prick, and okay. I, I imagine he still is, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> and he would... So here in Australia, yeah, it's a bit of a phenomenon that we get swooped by magpies, yes. don't we? Not yeah. on a regular basis. Yeah. I've um, never been swooped by a magpie. It's not like a sport. No. <laughs> Are you doing a bit of magpie swooping this week? <laughs> yeah. But it, it, it's a common occurrence. Yes. Uh, Especially when they're nesting. Yeah, uh, that's right. In spring, springtime, yeah. My yeah. youngest actually got swooped not so long ago oh. um, while she was riding a bike. And yeah, it can be pretty traumatic. Mm. Like there, there has been cases where magpies have like attacked the eyes yeah. and all that kind of stuff as well. So you, that's why you see a lot of I was gonna cyclists say, yes, that's exactly with those spindly little ties. things. Cable ties, is it? Oh, that's okay. No, it's just cable ties hanging out of the head. So it's not enough that they wear lycra. No. Um, and get in our way, and they also have cable ties and stuck to their helmets. Yeah. Wankers. I wonder if that's oh. some, something that uh, some of our listeners in other countries have to do. I... Do your cyclists, because, I mean, look, if you're a cyclist, hi. Hello. But um, if you're a motorist and you never cycle, I'm sure you have the same opinion of cyclists that we do. Yeah. Uh, it can be a little frustrating. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, in your part of the world, do you have to use... 
whether it's cable ties, zip ties, or some other spiky roosters. Maybe they're like... strapping roosters. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I was thinking dead ones. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, no, I wanted the one that says fuck off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <To> <laughs> um, actually, the animals. Bjorn, I suspect Bjorn Stormbottom yes. is a, uh, a friend of the show. Hello, Bjorn. Yeah. Is a cyclist because there's been a couple of little interactions I've oh. had with him via Instagram. About Where cycling. he's getting a little bit defensive mm. of cyclists. Oh, so okay. I, I have a feeling... He can't drive. You're a bloody pedal pusher, and right? he wears hot pink lycra on a daily basis. <laughs> Which, I mean, that's what I do, and yeah. I just do that in the car. You'd have a bike, work. yeah. yeah, that's yeah. Right. You I wear just, the helmet with get the roosters yeah. stuck on your helmet <laughs> and hot pink lycra. Yeah, I think it makes me cooler if I wear two dead roosters strapped to my. Yeah, helmet. nice. That's yeah. what I use the cable ties well, for. Well, two cocks are better than one. That's yeah. true. Yeah. That's true. A cock or two, a especially cock around two. my head. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, so anyway, back to Simon. Um, yeah, he was fond of going out into the back paddock with a hockey stick and waiting for the magpies to swoop him. So then he'd play hockey with them. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, smash them, basically. Okay. So yeah, like I said, prick. Clear why you were friends <laughs> early on in the <laughs> Yeah, we got a long, long yeah. house on fire. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Very close. Very Over to close you, indeed. Big Wes. Let's kick the let's kick the ball. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so I've just got a, a bunch of like stories of animal attacks to begin with. No worries. Let's go one um, for one though. All right, one for one. Yeah. All right. Tit for tat. Yeah, tit for tat. All right. Cock for cock. Kit for cat. Uh, in July 2018. A New Jersey resident, Tammy Dubois, was attacked by a rabid fox while gardening. Oh. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. The, the funniest thing is, and I just changed it to Madame Dubois because oh, I okay. liked the name I Dubois. I like Dubois, yeah. Strangled the fox to death. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow, that's hardcore. She doesn't yes. muck around. <laughs> Jesus. So, obviously, this uh, fox was quite... Vicious with the attack. Yeah. Um, as it said, well, it's rabid. rabid. Yeah. yeah. And she needed a couple of weeks of uh, rabies treatment following that. Oh, okay. Because yeah. she would have had like scratches and, and what have you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so as soon as it started like scratching at her and, and trying to bite her and everything, she choked the fucker out. So maybe you misread <laughs> the article, but maybe she was rabid. Right, <laughs> went around that's, hunting foxes. That reminds me, there was a story, I'll tell it She briefly. choked a couple of cocks and then yeah. <laughs> went up to the fox. There was a story, I didn't include it, but now I will because right. it sort of references the same sort of thing. But um, there was one story I read where uh, a gentleman in India was sitting down for a drink yeah. at a local cafe outside yeah. and a snake bit his ankle. Right. He grabbed the snake, picked it up and chewed it to death. Right. And then when he went, he was taken to hospital by his friends and they took the remnants of the snake the as remnants. well and just said this is... And it turned out it wasn't a venomous snake. Um, but it still bit him, so he was like, I'm going to bite back. <laughs> wow. Uh, but the good. actual story I yeah, heard... Come on, um, it's another attack one. The Grasshopper. I found this one on Reddit, so you never know. It's not really a reliable source, Reddit. But, <clears throat> but you never know. Come on, man. Not sure if a grasshopper is a wild animal, but this little dude was certainly wild. I was walking on campus towards the art building when I see this massive grasshopper sitting on the sidewalk. I live in the southern states of America. Our grasshoppers don't mess around. This dude was huge. I stopped for a moment and watch him. He just looks at me. I couldn't physically see his tiny little microscopic eyes, but I could certainly feel them on me. It was... 
It was sort of like an old western standoff, the preface of a duel. A tumbleweed skirted across the ground somewhere in the near distance. I decided to be evasive. I walked on the grass and gave him space. His head follows me. This grasshopper is watching my every move. He waits until I'm close enough and flies straight into my face. Without thinking, I scream, What the fuck, grasshopper? <laughs> and flail around a bit. I can only assume it made a conscious decision to attack me that day. There was literally thousands of other directions it could have flown in. I now live in fear of unsolicited <laughs> grasshopper attacks. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah, I like that one. I like yeah, how I like, it was written. I like the way it was written, yeah. 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 Uh, this was on Reddit as oh. well, but I don't have like a whole story to go with it because yeah, I quite no, like that presentation. Yeah. Um, but there was a photo posted, so it was actually legitimate, uh, posted on Reddit showing a man surfing on the back of a crocodile. Wow. Wow. Um, with a rope lashed around its jaws. I hope he was eaten. Well, most comments left were criticising the man's actions. Yeah, and did. people were concerned, of course, for the reptile's safety. Whereas some lauded the stunt and the man's alertness and technique. Yeah. Yeah. Because well, basically it's, it was a guy probably not un, uh, unsimilar in fitness to me. Okay, yeah. Right? So like peak. an Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah, type Yeah, peak person. of physical yeah. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wellness. Um, no, it was probably, yeah, not exactly fit, but... Clearly, a good sense but of balance. Close to you, same. So you were sort of standing, sort of standing there, like it was a surfboard. Yeah, with you know? the rope, with the rope hanging yep. onto that with one hand. Yeah, other hand sort of helping with the balance. Wow, and it was swimming along in the water like it was a clear shot. Wow, of it. okay. So I don't know what the hell the the prelude to that was. Yeah, for him to be able to even, I mean, he must have been very drunk. Or very familiar with yeah. handling crocs. Yeah, because definitely. it was pretty crazy. Would have been yeah. quite a sight to see. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but I probably would. So would, where was the rope? Was, was it around? I imagine it to be around the a crocodile's jaws. I'm feeling like it wasn't a danger at that point because, of course, when you've got them tied shut. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. But you still had to get the rope on there in the first place. Well, that's it. See, I was so going to say that sounds horrible and cruel, but then yeah. people go swimming with dolphins and stuff. Is that cruel? Well, I wouldn't say that's cruel. Swimming with dolphins. Yeah. yeah but he, he tied the jaw of the crocodile. Yeah, I suppose if you're going to chain the... stood on its back. If you're going to chain the dolphins to some sort of underwater chariot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, could, it that, could be seen as evil. It could be perceived yeah. as cruel. Yeah. I, suppose, yeah. I mean, I know what you're saying, though. Some people like orcas and, you know, killer whales. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I tend to think that's cruel. The trained ones that are in the... Like, they're huge beasts. Yeah, I suppose. And, um, you know, they're hanging onto their dorsal and getting thrown out of the water and then balanced on the nose. Yeah. I think sea life is very clever. Yeah. But at the same time you just think, well, just leave do, them do we have to? Unless of course they've rescued these animals and then it's your right to decide train however you like. <laughs> you're pulling the chariot. <laughs> I saved you. Yeah. So now you're gonna dance a jig. <laughs> so the, the dolphins are Caesar yeah. and uh, Cleopatra. Oh yeah. And they nice. pull they pull the undersea <laughs> chariot. <laughs> They've got a whole thing worked out, yeah. like a theatrical show. <laughs> I don't care, Caesar. They're I don't like, care. I like, saved you. <laughs> have like gladiatorial <laughs> fights and stuff. Yeah, that's right. Now, I'll give you some quick facts. All right. As of this is a 2018 okay. uh, stats thing. Uh, deadliest creatures worldwide by annual number of human deaths as of 2018. Can you guess? Actually, we'll start from the bottom. So, 2018. Yeah. 22 people died from, what do you think? 22 people. Yeah, across the globe. Okay, I'm thinking very random then. Something that's maybe not obvious. 22. Yep, 22 people died from this creature. A rhinoceros. 
No, a lion. Ah. Yeah, would have thought it was more. Let's go straight to the other end, right? 750,000 people died from this creature. Can you guess? Yeah, well done, well done, well done. Malaria. Thinking outside (laughs) the box, mate. Uh, Yeah, malaria. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Oh, this was an interesting one. Second to mosquitoes, 437,000 people died as a result of... Snakes? Other humans. Oh. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Fuck. That's a lot of people dying from people. So that's murders, wars. Everything. Yeah, I guess so. Famine, forced famine, I suppose. You know, I don't know. Everything. Wow. Um, number and three. I think that's an estimate because I'm, I'm sure yeah, they don't sure. actually Yeah, know of course. The, yeah, well, there was those... It was those guys we put in the lake yeah. in 2018, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah beautiful. Yeah. Concrete boots. Um, <laughs> number three was snakes. Number four was dogs at 35,000. Wow. People were dogs. killed by dogs. That's scary. Um, <laughs> Speaking of which. So one, two, three, four. Number five on the list. It's a peculiar one. Okay. 20,000 people died by snails. Right, because of the toxic... Uh, I'm guessing... Because when you eat them and they're toxic. Yeah. Well, that's could, pretty bad. Could be that, yeah. yeah. Unless the French. Unless they've fallen asleep in like a whole cavalcade <laughs> of <tar>. snails. Cavalcade. <laughs> 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 um, this one was cool. Number six, 12,000 people died from assassin bugs. I don't know what assassin bugs are. Oh, they wear uh, ninja suits. Oh, okay. With yeah. like a, I'm thinking of like Assassin's Creed. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you know, yeah. A little bit more old-fashioned. Like a yeah. hood. With a yeah. cowling. Yeah. But with the hidden blade still. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. a massive long probus or yeah, whatever it's yeah, called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Proboscis. Long, proboscis, yeah. that's And then it, they yeah. have their middle digits removed, so the oh, blade that's cool. is, yeah, is yeah. obvious. Yeah. Assassin bugs. Perfect. Um, yeah, other ones included uh, testy... Flies, I think. How do you say that? T- T- oh, Tetsy. Tetsy. Tetsy right. flies. Yeah. I, I like Testy flies. Yeah. <laughs> flies <laughs> that do. just buzz around <laughs> your balls. <laughs> um, Ascari roundworms. Right. Crocodiles, only a thousand people, and tapeworm Don't killed so killed seven hundred people. Not only a thousand <laughs> people. Imagine if you knew. Hopefully, that guy who was riding them <laughs> yeah, was on the right. list. Um, but yeah, hippopotamuses killed five hundred people in two thousand eighteen. Hippopotami are apparently <laughs> yeah. extremely dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Well, apparently they kill more people than the sharks per year, and sharks didn't even make this list. So where are you, sharks? It comes to the party. It's, it's the terror. Involved with a shark attack that makes us fear them so much. Okay. But yeah, like you said, there's there's actually much lower percentage chance of getting attacked. Yeah. In Australia, we probably still have more chance of getting attacked by a hippopotamus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah probably. <laughs> actually, thinking about the humans one, it could be car accidents and stuff as well. I suppose. Yeah, true. Yeah, true. Any death humans involves... are arseholes. So we are. Yeah. We'll find but any way. Mosquitoes, bigger arseholes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll go to a uh, a quick good, bad, ugly. And come back with more animal encounters. What do you reckon me was? Sounds great, mate. And weird. weird. 
G'day guys, welcome to the good, the bad, the ugly and the weird. This one is definitely bad and weird and dark. <laughs> this one this one is the tale of the Denver Spider-Man. Now I, have, I first heard this story on Dark Histories, that's a podcast I listen to, so go and check that out. Uh, brought to you by Ben, I can't remember his surname, but it's a really, really cool podcast, go check it out. Um, and I've done a little bit more investigating, but this article I'm about to read you actually comes from history.denverlibrary.org. Um, so, the tale of the Denver Spider-Man. This is the story of the Denver Spider-Man and the murder that perplexed Denver police for nearly a year. Sadly, he was not a masked vigilante protecting the people of the mile-high city, swinging from webs after being bitten by a radioactive spider. He was, in fact, a murderer. The victim's name was Philip Peters. He was a retiree of the Denver and Rio Grande Western Railroad and had lived in his home on West Moncrief Place for over three decades. He was married to Helen and their children were now adults, one of whom lived in Grand Junction. Not only was Peters a former railroad employee, husband and father, but he was also a musician and a member of the Denver Guitar Club, where he and his wife sometimes gave guitar and mandolin lessons. In fact, it was through the Denver Guitar Club that Peters first met the man who would be his murderer. For the five weeks leading up to the murder, he had been staying in his house alone because Helen, his wife, was recovering at St. Anthony's Hospital after breaking her hip in a nasty fall. His neighbours opened up their homes to him and in the evenings so that he wouldn't have to be alone at dinner time and so he could enjoy a hot home-cooked meal and leftovers to take for his lunch the next day. On the night of October 17, 1941, Peters discovered a tall, gaunt and dishevelled man raiding his icebox. A fight ensued and the interloper grabbed Peters' cast-iron stove shaker and beat him to death with it before fleeing. Peters was discovered an hour later by his worried neighbours and the Denver police were called. They searched the house but couldn't find any evidence of the murderer. It was as if he had vanished into thin air. While detectives dug into Peter's past, searching for enemies who hated him enough to want him dead, Mrs. Peters was eventually released from the hospital and returned home as a widow. A good friend of hers moved in to help around the house. In the months following Mrs. Peters' return, she and her friend reported strange things happening around the West Moncrief Place house. Food going missing, strange sounds, things out of place. The friend was convinced that the house was haunted and resigned while Mrs. Peters decided to relocate to Grand Junction to live with her son. So the house stood vacant and the strange sounds and disgusting smells continued to be reported to the police, but they couldn't find anyone in the house. Everything changed in July 1942 once Denver police decided to station two, detecti two detectives, Roy Bloxham and Bill Jackson, outside the house and keep it under surveillance instead of waiting for a call from the neighbours. The vigilance paid off when Bloxham and Jackson, that sounds like a company, doesn't it, spotted a man inside the house. They ran inside, but the house was empty until they heard a noise upstairs. They opened a cl closet door just in time to spot a pair of legs disappearing up into a small opening to the house's attic. 
They grabbed the legs and pulled the man attached to them back to the ground. They had caught their man. The suspect was arrested and taken downtown where he confessed to his crime and told his story. Theodore Coney's. Theodore Coney's was born in Illinois in the 1880s but came to Denver in the 1910s where he remained. As a child, he had poor health which continued to plague him into his adulthood. Because of his health and perhaps also because of the Great Depression, Coney struggled to keep a job long term and frequently found himself without a place to live except for doorways and alleys around Denver. At some point, Peters and Coney's had become acquainted at the Denver Guitar Club. So one evening, Coney's went to the Peters' house hoping to be able to ask them for some money and maybe something to eat. Unfortunately, this was when Helen was at the hospital and Peters was keeping her company, so no one was home. Coney's decided to break into the house to steal food. A few days later, he tried to do it again, but this was when he was found by Mr. Peters. Coney's insisted to police that beating Peters had been a split-second decision. After he had killed Peters, Coney sought refuge in the attic, where he stayed until July. Denver police sent their smallest officer up into the cramped attic where Coney's had made himself a nest of sorts. He had collected his waste and had not bathed during his attic residency, and the stench ended up making the officer vomit. After recovering from losing his lunch, Officer Fred Zarnow said to the attic, said of the attic, a man would have to be a spider to stand it long up there. The newspapers heard this and ran with it. Theodore Coney's was dubbed the Denver Spider-Man and a legend was born. Coney's was charged and convicted of the murder by a jury and sentenced to life in prison in October of 1942. He was sent to the state penitentiary in Cannon City and remained there until his death on the 16th of May 1967 at the age of 84. He was buried in, nearby, in a nearby cemetery. Perhaps this tale sounds familiar to you because the legend lives on. In the 1950s, Earl Stanley Gardner mentions this case in his cool and lamb novel, Beware of the Curves. <laughs> so the Denver Spider-Man, right? Now, he's a tall fella and the, the attic space was a little bit bigger than a coffin, right? And he spent just over 10 months in there, mostly in that attic space. He would come out at night and all that kind of thing. And when Mr. Peters was still living there, he would shadow him, like follow him around the house and all that kind of stuff and treat it as a bit of a game and never got caught. And then when Mrs. Peters was there, um, yeah, he quite enjoyed the whole fact that people thought he was a ghost. But yeah, he would creep down in the middle of night and go to the refrigerator and get some food. He always took just enough. He never took too much to make it seem obvious that something had gone. So if there was a, a cake there, he'd take a couple of very, very thin slices. If there was some rashes of bacon, he'd take half a rasher of bacon. He was extremely pale with dark sunken eyes, pallid skin, you know, like just blah. And there is a photo of him here and he's he's a... He's a Herman Munster-looking motherfucker, but like skinny, skinny bastard. So imagine, imagine living in your house quite happily and hearing, you know, a few creaks and bumps and stuff like that. But then, yeah, 
it escalating to the point where you're thinking, oh, it must be haunted and you're getting the creeps and you move out, only to find out sometime later that there was a weird, gangly, fucking pale man living in your house in the in the walls and in the in the attic. Oh man, scary shit. It's the fly on the wall motherfucking podcast. And we're back in. We are eating licorice, so sorry for if there's any. Oh, oh, fuck you! Yeah. I'm nowhere near. Mm. You to know. <gasps> oh! <laughs> uh, all right, Warren, over to you. Well, we were speaking of um, the statistics with uh, deaths caused by dogs, mm. which sadly is quite high, yeah. being that they are. Humankind's best friend. Yeah, allegedly. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. Mm. they're also murdering assholes. Yeah. In the case of this lady, <laughs> murdering assholes. In the case of every this... time I look at my dogs, I look at you murdering assholes. I know yeah. what you want to do. Um, a lady standing outside her house in Oklahoma was attacked by six dogs. Fuck. But guess what they were? A pack of dogs. You know what dog oh, I'm f- not fond funny. of. Oh. Irish wolfhounds. No. Oh. You know what I'm a fan of that you're not a fan of? Well, you're a fan of men dressed as dogs. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, but we're talking about dogs completely. Here. Chihuahuas? Oh, not bloody dash hoons. Dash hoons. Oh, really? She was uh, killed by she six. Was six dash hounds. Can oh, you imagine that? They killed the her. The terror. <laughs> <laughs> they actually killed her. They killed her. So- <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. So, no, no, no. We're but not that laughing. That is funny. Imagine six, <laughs> six sausage dogs. <laughs> so they all weighed oh, under wow. 40 pounds, which so is they 18 kilos. They caught them? They all laid, weighed less than 18 kilos each. Right. I'm assuming so. You'd, you wouldn't take much to catch them, would you? <laughs> were they like a gang? Yeah, it sounds like it. So they were, look, they must have been uh, feral because they Maybe were all... she was very elderly or something. Because I feel like a grown woman. There was a photo of her and yep. she looked sort of middle-aged. Oh. Um, and look, yeah, maybe she wasn't aware of it when She's they first attacked. Well, maybe, maybe she just wasn't aware of it. And once they had her... Wow. You know, maybe they bit her on the legs and, and then she fell over. And I guess once they... <laughs> We're not assholes, really. Uh, if you'd said, like... It's just a cartoon image. Rottweilers, we... I'd be like, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. That's, and Two that's... of those will spit roast you. Exactly. You know? They'll fuck you. But, um, yeah, six sausage dogs. Okay. Yeah, so very sad story, but there's a sort of dark... <laughs> Humorous element to it. Yeah. Imagine um, the eulogy. Imagine the people getting up and trying not to laugh. I think you'd just say dogs. I don't think you'd ever mention <laughs> the breed again. Yeah, but in you'd hush tones, the breed. at the wake, that'll be like, so did you know Irish wolfhound was a dog? It, yeah. well, it must have been a big dog. No, no, apparently it was a very small dog. Do you know what kind of dog? I think it was a sausage dog. <laughs> <laughs> but six, though. Six. six. Yeah. yeah. It's a force yeah. to be reckoned with, yeah. I suppose. It's a packet I feel like of I, could, I could battle off. I could fend off six sausage I reckon dogs. I could too, but, you know, you just never know. If you said 36 mm. sausage dogs, <laughs> like, swarming me, yeah. then maybe not, you know? Well, maybe they were backed up by these um, assassin beetles. Yeah, oh, yeah. Maybe yeah. they were carrying them yeah, on their maybe. back. Yeah, and chucking a few mozzies. Yeah. There you go, mate. That's an army. They've already worked um, it out. So one more question. Yeah. Um, like, 
do they know where the sausage dogs came from? Well, I think they might they might have been like like an underground movement. feral a pack. Ah, yeah, no, I don't think they were but an organised. Hang on, uh, if they're a pack though, and like feral and like stray yeah, dogs is what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, yeah. How did they all know that they're sausage dogs and we should stick together? You know, <laughs> you know. I don't know because you normally see like a I'm, pack of dogs. I feel like maybe and it they would be were... a mongrel breed of all mixed mash dogs. You know? I feel like maybe they were all. Um, Puppies at the same time, so oh. maybe they were raised, uh, yeah, killers, raised as killers, maybe <laughs> by their fucking assholes of parents. No, I think uh, they were probably wow. born uh, feral and wild. Yep, and then they grew up together. So I'm guessing they were maybe all siblings. Yeah, and right. so they lived to, together, like in a cave, like Animal Kingdom. Yeah, yeah you know, they yeah, were literally yeah. a, a family of criminals. So they would have had like a top dog. Organised heist, alpha, alpha yeah. dog. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and then they planned this hit. His name was this lady. Ratburst. Yeah, maybe, maybe she had like a. <laughs> they planned the hits on her. Yeah, they maybe. staked out her house yeah. for like several days. That's it. Yeah. yeah. All right, over to uh, over to me with the bear pop quiz, Warren. Okay. If you get attacked by a grizzly, you should a play dead, b punch, kick, and fight for your life. Or C, stick your arm down the bear's throat. Wow. You can't run. I feel like playing dead would be silly. I feel like if I lay down and play dead, I'm leaving myself wide open Mm. for assault. A raping from a bear. Yeah. Yeah. I'm feeling like, what was the second one? The second one was punch, kick and fight for your life. I'll give that a go. Yeah, okay. Most survival guides would say option A. So play dead. Play dead. But bow hunter Chase Delwo. I like that. Has recently made national news proving otherwise. Okay. On October 3rd, this is uh, 2019, the 26-year-old Delwo had a violent run-in with a 350 to 400-pound male grizzly while hunting elk in the Montana wilderness. The bear knocked him off his feet, took a bite out of his head uh-huh. and leg, and then tossed him in the air like a rag doll. Facing certain death, Delwo said he suddenly remembered a magazine article his grandmother had given him years earlier that said large animals had horrible gag reflexes. Literally risking life and limb, <clears throat> Delwo then shoved his right arm down the bear's throat. Surprisingly, this seemingly idiotic self-defense tactic worked perfectly. The bear stopped its rampage and left the area. After the attack, Delwo was hospitalized with wounds to his head, face, and leg. The good news is doctor. No, (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah. The good news is doctors expected him to make a full recovery, and for his sheer audacity, he will probably never have to pay for his drinks at the bar ever again. Good on you, Delwo. Yeah, Delwo. I love that. How's that spelled? D E double L W O. Yeah. Okay. Delwo. Yeah, weird. Interesting. What I love is that he's getting mauled by a grizzly bear and he's suddenly gone, Grandma. What did Grandma always teach me? Or she gave me that book. What a split second. Was it a golden book? Like, what was it? Yeah. Just an image? Sadly, though, there's a little extra note. I bet, I bet the fact was actually he completely jumbled it up. 
It was like, never put your arm in the mouth of a bear. <laughs> yeah. Right? Pinch it in the eyelid or something. And he just remembered it totally. He was reading some weird gay <laughs> gay fisting magazine. <laughs> Bears, you yeah. know. Be. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, but <clears throat> it goes on to say, unfortunately, only a few years later after surviving, the, gram- the Delwo's grandmother was killed by six dash hounds. <laughs> wow, that's a weird link. What a, what a coincidence. <laughs> Over to you, big wad. Okay, this is a little bit of a story. Uh, it's from Fox 2 Now, which has nothing to do with the animal. Oh, okay. Um, a town in the state of Western Australia, because I thought it'd be nice. good to bring Aussie, it home, Aussie, Aussie, yeah. has become home to an influx of unusual new residents, emus. Mm. We do love an emu here at the Fly on the Wall emu podcast, War. don't we? we know about emu Wall. Exactly. The big flightless birds have always lived in the bushland that surrounds the town of Nanup. Uh which has a population of around 1,300 people. But the emus began showing up in the town centre in the middle of last year and haven't left since. Oh, like a takeover. Aggressive takeover, uh, said Tony Dean, president of the town council. Standing up to 1.9 metres tall, 6.2 feet, the emu is Australia's tallest native bird and one of the world's largest bird species, according to conservation group BirdLife Australia. Emus are related to ostriches and other native Australian bird, the cassowary. There are about three families of emus roaming the town. A total of 20 to 40 birds. Wow. Uh, the emu parents laid their eggs about eight to nine months ago and then led their chicks, only a few inches tall at the time, into the town. Now the chicks are impossible to miss because they're around six feet tall. <laughs> the birds leave droppings and feathers everywhere, feast on residents' vegetable gardens and wander through the main streets and side streets. So they're really like Jesus. the gang They've that's made like home. taken yeah. over. Yeah. Male emus, not the mums, typically care for their young. So now you have big male emus walking around with 20 chicks. <laughs> It's not clear what brought the emus to town, but uh, the this guy, Dean, suspects the birds knew it provided easy food with few natural predators. Mm. There's a lot of fruit in season, plums, peaches, apples, and people's vegetable gardens, he said. Lots of ready-made food available. The emus have also split the town in two. On one side, there are disgruntled residents <laughs> whose rose bushes and fruit trees have been plucked. On the other side... Those who say the emus bring something unique to the town. Mm. So it's divided the town. Ah, okay. Not just physically. It's like a civil war. <laughs> that's right. Mm. Metaphorically. So now they've gone for a more insidious way of taking mm. over. Yeah. Not just an all-out battalion of emus no, crossing no. a ridge. They're like politicians, these guys. That's right. They've yeah. just entered the town and sort of made their way into the life. Made the friends. Everyday yeah. life of yeah. people. Yeah. So you've got the greenies. Well, maybe not greenies, but you've got the people who are a fan of them being there mm. and, and the others who are very aggressive towards them. Interesting. It's a good story, though. I can imagine now Western Australia, for people not in the know... Uh, it's in of, the west of Australia. Of... <laughs> 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 but funnily enough, found in the north. Yeah. Um, it also has some things in the north, yeah. But uh, a lot of mining. The mining industry yes. is pretty big over there. Um, so they I can imagine, I can imagine a lot of lonely miners cuddling up with emus. Can you? In that town of Nanup. Right. Yeah, yeah. I reckon, you know, a few beers down at the pub with the boys and then right. wander home. There's not much in the way of women around and they see a giant emu and think, well, it is a chick. So. Yeah, with long legs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, like She's all legs. Yeah. She's all legs So as long as and they, a massive bush. As long as they don't refer to the emu by name. No, yeah. They only refer now to are you Molly? a chick <laughs> yeah. with 
yeah, the bush. So when they tell legs, stories in the mine the next she's day, six fo- she's six foot tall, mate. Yeah, like, mate, she's six two. She's six two. She's anything. Six and fucking two, fucking mate. Legs up to her ass. She's oh, fucking girl. amazing. What amazing. happened? What happened, mate? <laughs> oh, mate, she had her legs wrapped around me all night. Fuck. I mean, it was a bit of a blur because I was pretty <laughs> drunk. But yeah, mate, oh, I'm still picking out the feathers. I mean, the the, the hairs from my teeth as a talk. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, all Make right. Uh, what do we got? Okay. okay. <clears throat> we have drunk seagulls. Uh, I've got two seagull stories, Bastards. the first being drunk seagulls. Seaside towns in southern England have been battling drunk, drunken behaviour, not from their human pub patrons, but the native seagulls who seem to be developing a taste for alcohol. <laughs> seagulls in Bournemouth and Devon have Fuck been enjoying Bournemouth. a tipple from leftover drinks from the pubs, breweries, and even from drink containers left at the beach, basically anywhere they can scavenge the alcohol. The inebriated birds have seen have been seen staggering along the beach as well as vomiting on passerbys. <laughs> <laughs> Wild, <laughs> wildlife officers called in to treat the ill gulls have reported that they stink of alcohol after partying on the booze dregs. The drunken birds are collected and taken to a nearby sanctuary for treatment. Off alcohol treatment. I wouldn't even bother with the seagull. Alcoholism. There's plenty of them. Just let them die of alcohol poisoning. Who cares? Yeah, so they There's get, so many seagulls. They get addicted to it, like fish yeah. and chips. They love the chips. Oh, they love the chips. They you throw chips. one chip at a beach in here in Australia and seagulls and f- will come and gang rape yeah, you. Talk, <laughs> talk about emu wars. They yeah. fucking go at it. Yeah. I love it when they um, they do that thing where they catch the wind yeah, and they yeah. sort of just float in one spot. That's pretty clever, actually. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. they don't think about it too much. I've got a lot of admiration for seagulls. Have you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I aspire to being one one day. They irritate me. Yeah, I don't same. like their kind of slightly nasty but also vacant eyes. Yeah, and you know when they've got the like the 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 more dominant one, he puts his wings up and he has a go at the other one. <laughs> for some reason, it made me think of someone from Mad Max. That noise. Really? Do they do yeah. that on Man Max? Which I think one? When they're trying to intimidate people and they, they just behave like oh, okay. different yeah. animals. Like drunken creatures. seagulls. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Over to you, big wall. so horrific, mate. Okay. This is, uh, there's two little stories here, just about the, the viciousness of a python. Yep. Uh, in August 2008, a 10 foot Burmese python <sighs> bit. 10 foot? Yeah. Fucking hell. Well. This, this gets bigger. Yeah. Uh, bit a student zookeeper at the Caracas Zoo in Venezuela and then crushed him to death. Oh, God. Fellow employees found the snake trying to swallow the victim's head. Oh, my God. Yeah. According to the BBC. Wow. The victim had apparently let the snake out of its enclosure while working a night shift. Oh, well, he deserved it then. What the hell? Yeah. This one. A 25-year-old Indonesian man was found in the belly of a 23-foot... <gasps> Reticulated Jesus. python. Wow. It appeared 23 to have... Foot. 23 foot. That's fucking... Gigantic. Up. Yeah. Gigantic. Hang uh, on, that's almost four of me. There you go, mate. Jesus Christ. Lay out on the ground. No, no, a python. <laughs> a python. Lay, uh, on what? Lay on the ground and do what? Pretend I'm a snake. Yeah, so I can <laughs> just writhe around. <laughs> and try and swallow me. <laughs> No, no, it appeared to have attacked him from behind and was discovered when, funnily enough, it was spotted bloated and yeah. moving awkwardly. Oh, my God. What a horrific thing. Was the guy okay? How was he? Um, <laughs> he didn't have a lot to say about his uh, experience. No, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. 
But yeah, what a terrifying What a way to go. Thing. Well, so I wonder if, for the family to know about. Yeah, yeah. And for the people to find. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's could have been worse. He could have been killed by six dash hounds. That's it, true. I'd rather go, go. Did he go out fighting? He's like, yeah. Hey, it was a 23, 24 yeah. foot pipe. Exactly. That's a yeah. story and that's yeah. tough. Right. You know, like, so the family go out with their heads held high. Yeah. They, you mate, know, he took on a 23 Salbao, foot snake. He fought <laughs> this huge python Salbao. out in the jungle. And, you know, yeah. okay, he lost his Whereas life. Whereas Mary, but... what's she doing? Mary. She's sunbaking and getting killed by six sausages. Maybe they're really beefed legs. up. Maybe they're beefy dishes. You don't, nah, sausage dogs can't be beefed Look up. Look at the lack of respect you have. Uh, there, no mate. respect for sausage dogs. It's another reason why I don't like sausage dogs. Did you just jiggle your hand to make your point? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, know. so I said we've got uh, two stories on seagulls, and I wasn't lying. The second one is... If you were, I'd be... Yeah, no. Why would I lie about? Why would you lie about that? You say Uh, you know about that seagull story. (coughs) Complete. No number two. No number two. Uh, Dog napping seagull in July 2019. A family from Devon again. So that's where the drunken ones were. Yeah. The seagulls of Devon. is actually a horror story. It's a song as well. Yeah. Seagulls of Devon. Are drinking our beer. <laughs> it doesn't sound like an English song. No, it is it's, though. Yeah, right. it's uh, written in the early 1600s. Okay, right. Yeah, so yeah. it's more of a sort of. They sing it as they march into battle on um, the Battle of Stirling, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they'd march into battle and fight these seagull warriors. They were a lot bigger back then, more I never like knew an that albatross they had that sort kind of, of size. heritage, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing what you find on the internet. Uh, in July 2019, a family from Devon was distraught when a swooping seagull carried off their pet. Oh, man. Gizmo, the chihuahua, was watching his owner hang out the laundry in the backyard when a seagull suddenly descended and carried off the small dog. <clears throat> Shit. Despite hopes that their pet may have been dropped when the gull realised it had snatched a dog, Gizmo has not been located. Wildlife officers confirmed that this was bizarre behaviour, even for seagulls. How about Devonish seagulls, though? Not that mysterious for them. Yeah, no. He was probably drunk. That's right. He probably <laughs> thought it was some little... You Didn't know, know what he was picking up. Yeah, he yeah. probably thought it was a chip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It would have been good, actually, if the chihuahua's name was Chip, because then the confusion would be. Oh, explained. that would have been cool. Actually, that would have been yeah. cool, yeah. yeah. Chip, come, come chip the chip, chihuahua. Chip? Yeah. Chip? Yeah. Chip! <laughs> That's all the seagull heard was the name. He was like, must be a chip. <laughs> Just flying off with it. Now, I've got... <laughs> Imagine, hang on. Imagine little Gizmo's face, little Chihuahua's yeah. face, just sitting there watching his own all adoring me. Yeah, hanging out the washing thing, and any minute she's going to give me a biscuit. And yeah. then, <laughs> seagull. And I wonder where the seagull took Gizmo yeah. and what he did with Terrifying. Gizmo. Yeah. I actually, we'll never know. I like to think... The gizmo's alive somewhere. Yeah, out there out on there. a little rock island somewhere. You know, like Robinson Crusoe. Land. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. remember we were talking about the Mansell forts? No. The forts that are in the ocean around England that we were talking oh, about. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's I out reckon, there somewhere. Yeah, a lot of seagulls yeah. would roost on them. No yeah, problem. that's true. Yeah. So I reckon he was taken out there and he's become a somewhat of a leader. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I could see him out there. He lost an eye, but yeah. that, that gave him the opportunity to wear a patch. Yeah, and a leg. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So Chip, <laughs> we're going to call him Chip from now on. Yeah. Chip has become somewhat of a piratical captain um, and heads up the drunken Devonish uh, Seagulls yeah. organisation of South England. I like England. him. I like yeah. him. Um, I've got a list here of great friendships yeah. between animals. 
that you might not expect. Great friendships, okay. Yeah, great, yeah. like, unusual bonds. Now, I don't have any hit information on them. Hit me up, hit me up some great friendships. They had photos in what I was looking at, so mm-hmm. they're, they're clearly confirmed as actual friendships. Yep. Uh, Tinny, the dog. Yep. And Sniffer, the wild fox. Oh, okay. Good yeah. friends. Now, that it's doesn't sound too unusual. Sounds like a kid's story, doesn't it? That, what a great story it would mm-hmm. make, as long as no one carries off a, a small chihuahua or... <laughs> Kills a middle-aged lady somewhere, <laughs> then we're all good. Um, now, these three have fairly obvious names if you're familiar with the Jungle Book story. Oh, yeah. And also an, a common I know name. Mowgli and... Mo- Mo- Mowgli, is it? Mowgli? 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 I don't Mowgli. know. Mowgli, I think. Mowgli, yeah, yeah. you're right. And uh, well, we're educated. And the orangutan <laughs> one as well. Orangutan? Orang... What's his name? I don't know. I don't like know. Lord... Oh, no. King Louis. King Louis, that's yeah. it. <laughs> What's the song they do? What's the tiger's name? The tiger, Shere Khan. Shere which Khan, is Shere Khan, Balu, and Leo. Oh, okay. Now, Leo yeah. is, of course, a lion. Yep. Balu is a bear. And Baloo. Khan, I say Baloo. Do you? I think it's Baloo, not Balu. Do you say Balooan? Baloo. <laughs> Baloo. Say no, it's Baloo. Though. Say it. It's Baloo. Baloo. It's Baloo. Well, I We're went to have... Cubs, <laughs> and we called the guy... <laughs> We called the guy Balu. Oh, that's clearly yeah. won the argument. That, it yeah. has. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll has. look. We'll do the Google Ask thing Keith. soon. He'll tell you. I think it's Balu. Okay, that's fine. Probably yeah. is. <laughs> look, Luke's actually angry with me now. He's ready for a challenge. No, uh, so a tiger, a bear, and a lion are actually yep. friends. Oh, nice. I like that. Yeah. Mm. You like that? You happy with that? Yeah. Even if it's called Balu. No, not no. much. No. <laughs> Sounds like loser. the bad version of Bali. Oh, right. Yeah, we're not going there. Not going there? No. Nah. Baloo. Yeah, no. where there's no prostitutes. I'd be, curious to, <laughs> I'd be curious to see it. Just volcanic. Yeah. Purely volcanic. Yeah. Lava. Yeah, mm. with a town on stilts in the middle. Yeah, I don't like it. Over a river of lava. Although, it sounds pretty cool in a... In a well, it looks like Darth Vader's cool. planet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's where I was. That's Mustafa. where I went. That's where I went. Exactly. You're like, Darth Vader, you know. Okay, uh, Bubbles, the African elephant. Yep. And Bella, the black Labrador. Oh, nice. They're yeah, friends. Friendly yeah. pair. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, so the dog what was they actually up, up on the back oh, of the okay. elephant. Well, I'd be surprised if it was the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was yeah, a, sh- a short-lived friendship. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, always, everyone just thought it was a friendship, but yeah. really, um, Bubbles just had the foot pressed against the <laughs> small of the back of the dog. <laughs> like, don't, don't. Oh, look at you. Don't even bark. What do they do together? They just, you know, cruise. Just cruise, cruise, <laughs> cruise the fields, mate. They should be out there ridding the world of dash hounds. That's what they, they should do. They should, actually. Fighting crime. Dash hound hunters. Crime. Yeah. Bubbles and Bella, the dash hound hunters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a movie. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, okay, um, Anjana, the chimpanzee, and tiger cubs. Oh. So it was actually a more mature chimpanzee, but it was... Um, Nurturing and looking after. Oh, okay. Little baby little cubs. Toys. Yeah, that's toy cute. Cubs. Like had them all grouped together and giving them a, a snuggle. Oh, that's nice. Which I thought was quite sweet. I think it's interesting that they um, <clears throat> animals from other species can show the same nurturing uh, nature. Like, yeah, you know, humans. We're used to you know, people being out there that are all for animals, yeah. looking after all different species and showing that love and care. But yeah, to see other animals from other species where they might normally attack them or if they're yeah. out in the wild, you wouldn't see them together. 
and yeah, hanging out. Yeah, that's it. So we've got Talk the Dog and Shrek the Owl. Oh, okay, yeah, that's yeah, cool. Hanging yeah. out. I like the name Talk. It's T O R Q U E. Oh, like Talk for a, like a, like tyres. Exactly. Yeah, cool. This I guy like is. He's he talks full the of talk. Beans. He's full he of talks beans. the talk. Full of beans. <laughs> <laughs> um, Manny, the wild boar piglet. Yep. And Candy, the dog. Oh, yeah, nice. They get yeah. along well. They hang out. Yeah, Milo, the dog, and Bone Digger, the lion. Oh, that's cool. I like Bone Digger. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds a bit scary. Yeah. My balls just shrank a little bit then when you said Bone Digger, the I reckon lion. He, but I think he digs up bones for Milo. Ah, oh, for Milo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No one mentions that they're the bones of other dogs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the same breed of yeah, dogs. He goes, so. oh, look, uh, Milo. <laughs> Found another bone. <laughs> Don't know it's what a bit like you, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Have you seen your mum lately? <laughs> <laughs> he's an Aussie it's lion. He's funny. Really Aussie blokey lion. <laughs> and Milo's got uh, no idea. He's really a bit dopey. Yeah, he's, he's like... like I don't know, it just tastes really good, bone digger. You're my best friend. i never seen a puppy dog like you before. He's so bad. is like, just... Bone digger uses him to get rid of the evidence. Uh, yeah. yeah. So he's committing all these murders. He keeps... He keeps Milo, like, always close by. Yeah. He's like, oh, found you a couple more... Uh, Bones here, mate. Thank you kindly, Bone Dick. I'll, I'll eat these up right now. <laughs> Make sure you get rid of all of them, okay? Yes, I will. <laughs> if Milo ain't my name. What a great uh, friendship. Uh, they've got. I really <laughs> like it. Any more friendly friendships? So I reckon Bone Digger um, gave himself the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he just found Milo one day. And there's one more. It's Mabel the Chicken. <laughs> yep. Who is nurturing some puppies? Oh, that's cute. Which yeah. I thought was very sweet as well. And so she's kind of sitting up on them <laughs> with them just in front, like over the edge of like a basket or something. Yeah, that's cute. And it was like three or four little puppies. Yep. And yeah, she just had them nestled in there. Yeah. They I seemed like all that. very cosy. Yeah, animals can be pretty cute. They can. Uh, all right, so we've talked about um, animals looking after animals. Yeah. What about animals looking after humans? Sure. <clears throat> this one's called Rescue Dog. How about Mowgli? That's perfect. Example. That's true, yeah. Shannon Lorio's life was in danger after she had crashed her car on a rural road in Georgia, America, yep. and became trapped inside. As she lay in her wrecked vehicle, a dog approached from, the out, from out of the woods. The German shepherd jumped into the car and began licking the blood off her face. I was concerned yeah, at yeah, this point. I was yeah. thinking, the dog's going to fucking eat you, love. Um... He kept her awake and pulled her out of the car, dragging her over a hundred feet back to the road. She was able to flag down a passing car before she collapsed unconscious. Shannon recounts the events around her rescue by the dog. That fateful day. The dog is always going to have a special place in my heart, said Shannon. He's my hero. The dog was never found. Mystery dog. Damn. Ghost dog. Well, he flew away with his cape. Yeah. He? he failed in dragging her away to eat her because a yeah. car came by. Oh, right. So park. Was, he was foiled. <laughs> yeah. His plan was, yeah so he right. jumped on an elephant and yeah. rode away. Yeah. 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 Uh, out of here. <laughs> and I've got one more. Um, this yeah, one's a, done, mate. This one's a cute one. Okay. It's the raccoon thief. Nice. 
The raccoon's masked facial, facial features tend to mark it as a bit of a bandit, you yes. know, the black around its eyes. Of course, yeah. However, one furry thief in Florida was caught red-pawed in August 2019. Tongue twister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not content with foraging for fruit or even scavenging from a garbage bin, this unfortunate raccoon managed to break into a high school vending machine where he proceeded to feast on fruit snacks. Unfortunately, he became trapped in the machine from which he was later apprehended. Local wildlife authorities attended the scene, wheeling the vending machine outside before dismantling it and letting the four-legged thief make his escape. I'm going to, uh, I've got a photo as well, I'll put it up on uh, Instagram because you just see his, I'll show you. I'll show you. Shot. I'll show you. But I'll, I will put it up station. on. Yeah, uh, no, yeah. no, it's just, it's just cute. Look, see Oh, <laughs> just his head popped up. Fucking, like, fucking hell! Fucking fucking <laughs> Yeah, I'll put it on Instagram. Which yeah. is Warren? What's that Instagram handle? Uh, fly on the wall podcast with an underscore between each of those words. And, and our also email is the fly on the wall podcast at one one at gmail dot com. And on Twitter at fly on the wall p o one. We'll come back after this short break. Okay, I'm gonna tell y'all, I just woke up, so I'm gonna try to make this sound good. Hold on. Good morning from the Ozarks, Missouri. This is Emily, and you're listening to Fly on the Wall podcast. Uh, stand by for dead air. A year after a severe emotional trauma, Sarah goes to North Carolina to spend some time exploring caves with her friends. After descending underground, the women find strange cave paintings and evidence of an earlier expedition, then learn that they are not alone. Recognise that voice, guys? That's right. Big Wars joins me on this horror movie review of his favourite horror movie, The Descent. The Descent is a 2005 British adventure horror film written and directed by Neil Marshall. Uh, as discussed before, the film follows six women who have entered a cave system and struggle to survive against the humanoid creatures inside. Uh, it stars Shauna McDonald, Natalie Mendoza, Alex Reed, Saskia Mulder, Nora Jane Noon and Mayana Buring. Uh, let's see, music by David Julian. The budget was 3.5 million pounds. And it also profited $57.1 million at the box office. Uh, it was f filmed mainly in the UK. Uh, exterior scenes were filmed at Ashridge Park, uh, Hertfordshire, and in Scotland. But as the filmmakers considered it too dangerous and time-consuming to shoot in an actual cave system, interior scenes were filmed on sets built at Pinewood Studios near London, designed by Simon Bowles. Hi, Warren. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Thanks for uh, having me, everyone. I actually tried to contact Simon Bowles, Bowles, whatever his name is. Did yeah, you? Yeah, had no reply. Um, because I just thought it might be cool to have a little snippet, like a little something from him yeah. on this particular segment of the show. But, yeah, he's done a lot of work. Uh, he's quite a um, renowned um, artist as well. Okay. But, yeah. A bit of a cock when it comes to replying to his fans. <laughs> I tried to get in touch with Camilla Parker Bowles. Um, just a case of mistaken identity. I said, 
how did you go with set design for the descent? Yeah, and she was um, a bit confused. Yeah, I mean, she got back to me straight away. That was the difference. I've um, always she, I'm sorry, I can't. <laughs> you I've always called her "Come, come here and park your balls." Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a very affectionate name that you have for most. That's people. right. Yeah, uh, Neil Marshall, though uh, the director. Yeah, um, he's. Just popped in. No, <laughs> no. He uh, directed an, another favourite of mine, yes. Dog Soldiers. Indeed, he did. I love that. Have you seen that? Uh, yes, I feel like I've watched it at Glenn's house once. Ah, uh, okay. That's a classic. That's a great werewolf movie. Right. It really is. Really, really cool. Um, I've got it on DVD and might watch it in the next couple of days. And who knows? Might do a review on that one. Now, did Neil Marshall also do Doomsday? Yes. Ah, okay. Yeah. So, and, so he's he's an affiliate with Lionsgate, I think, isn't he? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. And it's he's had, I mean, maybe people will disagree. There'll be diehard Neil Marshall fans out there. I feel like sometimes when the odds are a little harder, like the budget's lower yeah, and it's relying more on the inventiveness mm. and getting the tone right, shooting at a certain Practical way. Practical effects and suits I feel and stuff. like he does better. Yeah, I feel okay. like when they throw more money at him, yeah. something is lost yeah. in the process because he did Centurion. Oh, okay. That was great. Which was a great concept. Mm. Uh, I don't know. It sort of, it didn't grab me the same way oh, that I was okay. hoping it would. I didn't mind that one, yeah. The yeah. Lost Legion, story of the, the Lost Legion. Yeah. Um, and he also Northern recently England. did The Reckoning, didn't he? Yes. Did and you end up watching that? I started to watch it and lost interest in there the movie, you go. to be honest. Interesting. Yeah, so a bigger budget probably, and I don't know, just didn't quite, I'll have to revisit it again because maybe I wasn't in the right frame of mind, but um, yeah, I don't know, just didn't grab me. Like the descent did. That's straight, the thing. straight off the mark. The descent grabbed you. Love dog soldiers. Yep, absolutely. Love the descent. Yep. Um, but yeah, Doomsday. Look, it was good. Yeah. I've never watched it. It again. was wacky. It I've was never wacky. watched it again. Yeah, me neither. No, no interest. Yeah, got no interest to revisit. Needless. That one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Well, the question I want to ask you yes. was, and that's why I've asked you to come on. Uh, your my yeah segment, yeah yeah you gestured to yourself. Uh, <laughs> come on, say it. Why is the descent your all-time favorite horror movie? Uh, what is it? What, well, we've talked about it before. The reasons it was a very 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 pleasant surprise. Yep. Uh, because the experience of seeing it was so unexpectedly awesome. Mm, that's always I good. did not. Ex- I hadn't heard anything. I hadn't <clears> read <throat> anything. I hadn't seen trailers. We just went in. We sat down and we watched it thinking it was going to be something else yep. for, for most part. Uh, and it was not that far into it, you realised that it was actually quite a grim and dark film yeah. with some uh, jump scares. Yep. I think the, the moment that I realised it was quite a, a dark movie was after the event at the very start where yep. there's the which this is tragedy. spoilers alert guys we're okay, going to be cool. talking yep, talking about it through and through so where a family <clears throat> are killed yep um, yeah and wow. you can see that there's some underlying something going on yep. with her friend and the husband yep you can see that little flash of it at the start and then her husband and daughter are killed in the accident yeah so brutally as well it's like so just, sudden yeah yep. unexpected and early yeah. That you go, oh, shit. Yeah. And then there's the hospital scene, which and is a bit of a classic. On the, sorry to stop you, yeah, but no, on, the, right. uh, on the the accident with yeah, the yeah. husband and daughter being killed. Yes. This is where I struggle sometimes because obviously I don't like to see kids being harmed. No, in no. In any course. situation, no. whether it's real or not real. But I think if it's done well, like yes. in this movie... I think it does make it 
all that more heavier on yeah. you. When you're watching it, you really empathise with, with her, with the, the survivor, the mum and the wife. And you just go, oh, like, so what I'm saying is, I think if it had just been the husband that was killed, yes. you sort of go, oh, shit, but he was a cheating arsehole anyway. That's right. You know? But because the daughter was there, it was that extra big layer of... of Oh my god! But you didn't see it either, so yeah, like you're saying, yeah, it was yeah, well yeah. done in a way that it didn't have to wave it in your face. Yeah, it was just obvious. I don't know if this is the right word for that type of thing, but it was classily done. It, you know what I mean? Like it was. Well, look, it was it a said story, enough without showing it. Yeah, you know, it was a story beat that needed to happen. Yeah, to further it along. Yeah, and but it left uh, her without answers mm. in regards to her husband. Yeah, and obviously took her daughter from her. Mm. But I think that her acting, Shauna McDonald's acting, was fantastic oh, right from the outset. Yeah. Yeah. Because her reaction when she found out at the hospital and her friends there yeah. to kind of, you know, catch her and yeah. let her know. That scene when she's running through the hallway and the lights and, oh, man. yeah, yeah and the, But on. then she runs into her friend's arms yeah. and she yeah. tells her and it's just a complete breakdown. You really feel it. It's a horrific... And you see Juno, who's been having an affair with her husband, sort of just back fade again. away in the background and thought, I can't handle this, and just pulls away. Now, that's all yeah. within 10, 15 minutes of the start <laughs> yeah, of the movie. It's heavy. It's a heavy and start. And so it sets the tone. And you and I remember when on the first watch you're just like oh shit yeah like what what is this movie yeah. this isn't yeah it's not a, this adventuring movie what's going no. on yeah and so you're and intrigued it, and it's already also, it's also not your typical horror in the in those first no, few no. scenes you don't it's not a horror no you know? it's horrific yes but it's not a, a horror setup you no. know yeah. it's a it's very much a a painful human drama. In fact, it's not really a... It doesn't become a horror no. until maybe a good half an hour, 40 minutes into the movie. You and know? I think that's the genius in it. Yeah, there is. Yeah. yeah, it's about knowing when mm. to reveal your creature, your bad thing. Yeah. It's like the Alien and Aliens movies, because we'll always talk about that. Yeah. It's, it's not about flashing the creature yeah. too early. It's about the slow reveal, the steady knowledge that there's something there. It's... Even Jaws, like yeah. things like that. All right, so we've set the scene. Um, the family's dead. It's Brilliant. what, one year later, I think it is? It's roughly a year later, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, they all are brought together in yeah, North Carolina um, by Juno. Juno. Yep. She wants to do something. Obviously, uh, I think, you know, as we indicated there were some things going on yeah and she didn't handle the funeral and the i guess the aftercare that her friend needed after everything so i think out of guilt yeah she kind of wanted to help her friend yes and this was the way she went about it by organizing a bit of a uh, an adventure yeah a so cave uh, exploring adventure they've all come together at this cabin out in the in the woods in the wilds and they all look really happy to see each other and i think that was the next part that yep. really impressed me. I, th I thought that the, the way that the friendship group was very natural. Yeah, it was. And you could see, there, yeah, there was a stranger here. She was a stranger, but she was well known to these people. Yeah. And then the, the main two best friends. Um, and then you had the two sisters as well. That's right. One who was a very experienced climber. Exactly. And caver. Yep. Exactly. Um, so Beth. Beth was her, yep. is her, like her best friend. Yeah. And you can see that closeness as well. So I think... Uh, Neil Marshall and the effort of the actors mm. that were all involved 
to build up that relationship, I think was very effective. Yeah, it made me wonder, the, the camaraderie between yeah. them is so natural yeah. that I wonder if um, behind the scenes, you know how a lot of directors will get actors to hang out together? I think they Or did, yeah. to build animosity, they'll get them to like argue with each yeah. other over certain things. So I wonder, or I was even reading last night, I watched The Shining last night and I was ah. looking up um, trivia facts. Um, to get um, Jack Nicholson in the right frame of mind yeah. for two full weeks... All he ate was cheese sandwiches, right. which he hates. Right. So it got him. Or Stanley Kubrick made him do this. So it got him in that like tense, pissed off mood because he hasn't eaten properly. You know? Right. So I wonder if Neil Marshall would maybe have done a bit of that to to increase. Lucky you weren't in the Shining because you love cheese. Sandwiches. I love cheese. Yeah. yeah. I could literally stand here, sit here right now, and eat cheese plastic cheese squares over and over and over again That's for right. the next two hours. Um, but yes, yeah, so I do wonder if because it was so natural, it was yeah. it was like they weren't acting. It was like they were just six girls having a few drinks and That's having right. a good time together, you know. So but with the slight um, yes. disconnect yep. with Juno, yes. the antagonist, I suppose yep. you'd call it, wouldn't you? And they were clearly all glad to see each other. But there was that, yeah, you could see there was a something under the under the obvious friendliness of the situation. Yeah. Um, but that was the next stage of it that made me think, oh, this is good. This is believable. Everyone seems to be pumped up. It would seem very genuine, like you were just watching a group of friends. Yeah, sorry. No, that's all right. Um, yeah, so when they go on their, their spelunking, as yeah. they call it over in uh, the States, probably elsewhere too, but we call it caving, mm. um, the idea spelunking. is to go... Is that actually what they call it? I think so. Cave oh, dog. Yeah, I never knew that. Yeah, going spelunking. through caving and stuff. Spelunking. Oh, okay. Sounds like like a, a sexual act of spitting out sperm or something. <laughs> spelunking. Well, anyway. if that's where you've heard the term used before, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. dive right in, mate. Um, but they, they head out and I think everyone else is thinking they're going to a fairly well-known cave system. Yeah. Like a popular cave and, and system, a, like a, a tourist level one. two or something. Wasn't That's right. It? They were under the belief, uh, in the belief that it was, Juno was taking them there and yes. it was a moderate, it was a mild yeah. to moderate kind of level of climb yeah. and exploration. And they were, I think you could see through their, uh, the way they prepared mm. and the way that when they were at the cave and they still thought it was the original system. Yeah. The way they set themselves up, they were obviously familiar with yeah. caving and just handling ropes. Uh, and- a good half of them were. Yeah, you know, yeah, like okay. Juno and the older sister and um, the wild one as well. She yeah. was, and and even the main girl what was her name Sarah. Sarah, yeah. Sarah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But maybe uh, the, the the younger sister wasn't so much though. She was a bit of sort of a fish. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So she was yeah. getting a little bit of a, ha- a hand. But yeah, you could see that they were in fairly capable hands. Yeah, that's with right. With the combined skills of everybody. Sarah. Are you still behind me? Yes. Sarah. Guys, it's Sarah. I think she might be stuck. I am stuck. All right, Sarah, calm down. Just relax. I can't fucking relax. Fuck. Fuck. Okay, Sarah, you have to calm down. And the only way you're going to do that is to breathe, yeah? Okay, breathe. Slowly. Just keep breathing. Listen to my voice, yeah? Sarah, I'm coming, I'm coming back, okay? 
Okay. Sarah. Okay? Listen to me. Keep breathing. Okay? Hey. 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 Okay. Okay. Okay, look at me, Sarah. Hey. What are you so worried about, Sarah? Look at me. Okay, breathe. Breathe, okay? Hey, 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 listen to me. Listen to me. What are you afraid of? What are you so afraid of? You can move. Sarah, look at me. Look at me. Listen, the worst thing that could have happened to you has already happened, okay? And you're still here. This is just a poxy cave. So this movie, Warren, I think is scary on many levels. Um, one, we'll get into it soon, but obviously the main horrific thing that they come across. Um, but there's also the fact that we're in a very claustrophobic environment. Indeed. And I think, I'm not a claustrophobic, but I think anyone in a tight, dark yeah. space could potentially freak out. Of course. You know what I mean? And yeah. there's a scene where the main girl, Sarah, um, she's crawling through um, and she suddenly gets stuck in that, in that tunnel sort yeah. of system. And yeah, she starts to freak more and more and more. And if you remember, they'd already said earlier on that, you know, any cave that you go into, you've got to respect. Yes. And you've got to remember to breathe. You've got to keep your wits about you and all that kind of stuff because the darkness and the crampedness can really play on your mind. Yes. So that scene, when she gets stuck, if you remember, she just loses it. She yeah. absolutely loses it. And it takes her friend, who Beth, I think you said yeah. her name was, yeah. to crawl back. So she'd already gone ahead, but yes. to crawl back and calm her down by saying to her, You're strong, you, yeah. you know, you, you, you've survived something that. The worst thing that could happen to you has happened That's to it. you. Yeah, yeah, spot on. Which spot is on. a very, it sinks in very quickly, that line, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, and it calms her the fuck down. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, it just has her think about how she's going to get through that. It's that section. And if you remember, just as they start to crawl out, oh, it yeah. starts to collapse. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's bad. And Sarah has left a bag of ropes yes. behind. So yes. they're sort of a bit, you know. Um, and then it's also revealed not fully to them equipped. that they're not in the system that they thought they were. That's right. Yeah. I think yeah. it's after that collapse. Yeah. Because they're talking about access points. Yeah. And saying, right. oh, no, well, there should be. It'd be fine. And then they realised that there is no map. It's basically uncharted. It was useless. Yeah, yeah. And she wanted it to be a special place that Do you they know could name. Do you know it to be? They could name it. Yeah, exactly. So not long after that, they come to that, uh, would you call it a crevice, where the only way to get across, yeah. they throw a rock down, and it takes a long time before you hear it, it yeah. clutter to the bottom. So the only way to, to traverse it is clinging to the roof of this thing, yeah. of this cave, and climbing across. And do you remember what they see when they're climbing across? Well, there's a so they use I'm not sure what they're called, but like a gripping clamp. Yeah, like a the, mini grappling they thing. They go into the into the splits and yeah. the cracks in rock, and then and it sort of spreads. Out yeah, and then yeah. holds them. Yeah. Um, and so they're making their way across, but because they're short on equipment, mm. they also happen upon uh, what looks like an ancient caving yeah. uh, implement, which yeah. is like a nail yeah. with a hook on it, uh, hammered in, and I think. It's it's Juno or Sarah that decide to use that one yeah, as well that's right. to create yeah. the rest of their uh, sequence. Yeah, um, it's uh, it's Juno that's going across the first, the first time. time yeah. yeah, okay. So the the thing that struck me, I think, about some of these sections, yeah, and this just takes us back to the production, is quite distinctive visually. Yeah. So even if you go, 
I mean, that section there, the way they shot that crevasse yeah. section it's almost, was a little it's surreal. It's silhouette isn't it? Yeah, it yeah. was really surreal. And there's it a looked, red hue to it. Yeah, yeah. and it looks uh, like each surface is slightly different. Yeah. So the first tunnel they were in is something like you and I have seen before when we've done little cave. Like it was boulders and yeah. dirt yeah. and it sort of looks quite natural. They come to this section mm. and it's quite jagged like Very graphite sheer. and stuff yeah, and yeah. like it's all it's like opened up in the rock yeah then there's sections later where it's really smooth and it yeah. looks like it's been a waterway and sort of it's it's moist and yeah that's true it, it, it almost yeah. looks like a, an alien landscape yeah. because of the way that they've done these different set pieces yeah um but also just another thing to note is the lighting is minimal yeah, that's right. And I think that's really Which good because... Adds to the fear. Yeah, the yeah. shadow becomes a character because yeah. you just, you're thinking the whole time, it just doesn't, it doesn't feel right. See, what's, what's dawned on me just then as well, yeah. talking about this crevasse, is that there's again, an, uh, uh, yet again, another layer of fear, yeah. the fear of heights. That's right. So you're in a cave with that crevice that just drops down to nothing do, yeah. and it's just this black hole... That's another layer of fear. So that's what I mean. This film just is layer upon layer. Yeah. I think it's very well playing done. on on natural human fears. Yeah, and then and then like yeah, adding slowly to the mix. So going back to the the hook that's up yes. in the ceiling of this cave, yeah. the ancient one. Um, that's when you go, oh, you have that sinking yes. feeling of like, so it's uncharted, but oh, someone has been there. Yeah, but a long time ago. But it's not a recognised cave system. Yeah, and then if you remember. Not too much longer after that, they find the helmet yes. as well, which yes. is also a very, very old style helmet. Yeah. So yeah, it just yeah. Anyway, continue. Sorry, it, it does. There's a lot more questions raised than any answers provided at that point. Yeah, and that's a yeah. good thing. That's a great because it basically keeps building to a point where you're just thinking, I don't, I don't know how much worse this can get at the moment because yeah. we we know very little. Yeah, we just know that they're stuck. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, all the things that, that uh, they've found so far aren't very promising. Yeah. So you're, it's almost like as you're watching it, you're trying to piece <coughs> together yes. what's going on, but also the dynamic in the relationships yes. is getting a little bit tense and stuff as well because they've realised Juno's lied to them. Yes. And then Beth is sort of saying, like Sarah's friend is also saying to Juno, like cause she, all, she knows what went on with the husband. So, yeah, yeah it's just uh, it's the tension is slowly building more and more and more, but it seems to, because of the cinematography and the set, yeah. it seems to be getting more and more confined and claustrophobic. Yeah. And I think that's such an artistic, like, uh, direction that you went with. I cool. think so. Cool. Yeah, and I, I think that um, th considering all the layers there that you just mentioned, so you've also already got the underlying story yeah. of the dynamic with the friends. And, you know, then this kind of deception mm. to lead them down here. And, yeah, it, it does add to the overall, you know, tapestry of fear and uncertainty. Yeah, but I was, right. I was just going to say back to the production side of things, um, and this is regarding a group of female uh, actresses to portray the group. Yep. It was originally going to be uh, a mixed cast, but Marshall decided to cast only women in the main roles because he had a belief that women were underrepresented in the horror genre. No, it's very and true. And I think it was a very wise decision. They're often the damsel in distress. Although, um, Jamie Lee Curtis, she kicks a bit of ass That's in the it, Halloween mate. series. That's <laughs> right. And, and this particular film, uh, which followed after Dog Soldiers, mm. 
because it was a moderate success, he received numerous requests to direct other horror films. Yeah. So he didn't want to be typecast as a horror film director. That's fair. But this particular film, The Descent, uh, he decided he would do because it is a very different film. Yeah, it is. From Dog yeah. Soldiers, which, yeah, yeah it's very different. Very different, yeah. Which I, I'd say, actually, Dog Soldiers is full of testosterone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's a, par- it's a, a, it's a polar opposite. Yeah, so he decided to. Yeah, I think that it was good for the the bonding element of the yeah. group to make them all ladies, just you know, with all their different stories and connections and everything. I yeah, think it worked better for that dynamic. Yeah, at the start. So as we were discussing earlier, Simon Bowles uh, designed the maze of caves for the descent. Uh, the beautiful designed cave sets conjure a world of subterranean darkness. Actually had 21 cave sets built by Rod Vass and his company Armadillo uh, Limited using a unique system of polyurethane sprayed rock that was developed for this production. That's cool. Because the, the set design is great. It's sim- Well, I was going to say it's simple, but it's not really simple, is it? Because like you said before, no. it's like each scene... Is a completely different look. Yeah, you know, you've got you've got wet, you've got dry, you've got dusty, you've got uh, the stalactites and the there's yeah. two, isn't there? Stalactites and, and stalactites. And the other ones, yeah, yeah, the ones that stick up from the, the ground, and one that and come down <laughs> from the ceiling. I forget which. Um, uh, it, it don't matter. So creature design. Yes. When do we first see the creatures though? That's the way they. Yeah, there's a reveal that's oh, really cool. That's so good. I think they they stop at a small kind of underground pool. Yeah, that's right. Um, and and you see can a... hear the drips and everything. Well, I'm not sure they see it to begin with. I think they're aware of something. Yeah, they're aware of something first, but then they and as they move off, yep. the viewer, yep. sees the silhouette of a creature feeding itself water with its hand. Yeah, the just little uh, in the darkness, albino looking thing. Yeah, well, yeah. you don't see much. You just see a very very dark silhouette. Yeah. And it's but you do see the you do see the whiteness of its skin though, right? In okay. that bit, I'm trying yeah. to remember the one it's crouched over, just yeah, yeah, drinking, and it's, and it's small. It's a small one. And I remember thinking, well. what the actual fuck? Yeah, but you only but like you say, you only get a quick glimpse of it. Quick you don't glimpse. see much of it. And you go, what the what was that's that? The your feeling, yeah, your feeling is, what the shit did I just yeah. see? You know, and that's yeah, as you say, genius. That's what you weren't expecting it. But then. What do you mean you have none? There's no breeze. It could be any one of these tunnels. Take your pick. Oh, fuck it. Not long after that, we see the actual full body creature, which is a tall, gangly, moist, <laughs> uh, terrifying in itself. It's moist, <laughs> albino, bat-like, <coughs> humanoid creature that scares the shit out of me every time I watch it. Every time I see that movie, I jump at that particular scene. Um, 
yeah, it's intense. But it's only a quick glance and then it's gone. And then we sort of, they, they know about it and yeah. it kicks off from there to a different level, doesn't it? The whole movie takes on the horror. <laughs> yeah, and it becomes that there's a, a real, obviously a, a real pressure for them to escape or fight back or hide yeah. or whatever the yeah. hell they can do. That's right. In that situation. So the creature design... Uh, oh, sorry, the creatures or the theory on the creatures from um, mm. Neil Marshall, the director, he says that they were um, cavemen yeah. that just never came out of the ground. So they basically stayed down there, dwelling down there, living in that dark, wet environment, and then slowly adapted and thrive down there. So therefore, people have gone down there, When that's why we saw the old hooks and the old helmets. Yeah. People have gone down there, but then just haven't, haven't come back because of these... Crawlers. There's something very simple about the idea, yeah, the concept. Um, and as soon as it became apparent that that was what was going on, it made me think of the book that I'd read when I was younger called Children of the Night. Oh, yeah. Where yeah. there was a subterranean colony of, yeah, yeah albino, sightless, but extremely... Albinos are scary. They are. <laughs> I'm sorry to say it, but if you're pale as fuck, you're scary as fuck. Hi to all our albino listeners out there. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was very effective because I think it really, it looked right yeah, yeah. for imagining how that, if a species had developed underground, that's exactly what I would have imagined, yeah, something exactly. like that. Yeah, that like. Yeah, yep. and, and there was one actually that I remember its face. Some, I'm not saying any of them look normal, mm. but there was one particular one you see very, um, at a bit of a distance, okay. off in yep. the shadows, yep. and its eyes are really long oh, and like dark. Slits. Oh yeah, and yeah. you go, oh, shit! Look at that yeah. one. It looks like Mephisto. Like it looks not something sexual, um, but it looks like something really, really evil. Yeah. Where some of them have just got like the the blind um, cataract yeah, kind of eyes, yeah, blurred over, and they yeah. roll back and forth. You can see them flicking around. That's right. Moving. They do too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that particular one, I was like, "Oh, yeah, you see it? You just see a quick glimpse of it." I don't know. It just and does seeing something. Them, uh, seeing them through night vision as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, that's right. So the characters, they've got night vision goggles, and yeah, I think everything's scary through night vision. Actually, <laughs> I think so but, too. Um, Humans are scary through night vision. Yeah, that's right. And there's the- a there's a particular scene that always gives me the jitters when um, one of the girls is laying there, and one of the crawlers is literally crawling across her. Yeah, he can't see her. So they they, commu- they they communicate um, and they um, uh, they find their way around by sonar, don't they? And so the sound bouncing off walls and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. So she's laying there completely still and silent, so he doesn't know where she is. But he senses that she's there, but yeah. he can't quite figure it out. And he crawls across her body and yeah. she's just laying there watching it happen through the night vision. That's fucking, that's nightmarish. But the, the cool thing, I mm. suppose, the thing that then starts to become apparent is that Sarah, our, yeah. our main character, the mm. one who suffered all this trauma. The heroine. Yep. Tragedy mm. ha- has actually some inner strengths that maybe weren't apparent early on. Mm. And she be- is able to fight back. Yeah. She becomes a lot more uh, focused on fighting. Surviving. And surviving yeah. and, and being able to rise up and actually take them on. Which is a, it's a real... Um 
It's an empowering moment, isn't it? When you see her starting to come into her own and go, yeah. fuck this, I'm going to fight my way out of this shithole. Yeah. That's pretty cool. There's a moment uh, where it's defined. So you, you, there's many moments where it starts to emerge and mm. show itself. But there's a moment where she is in that blood pool mm. in the feeding and den. She comes out of it. Yeah. And she slowly comes out of the blood. Mm. No rush, no mm. panic, no gross out. She just comes up, yep. slowly makes her way onto this kind of rock. Like she's being reborn in that moment. Yes. Mm. And she's holding the 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 climbing pick. Yeah, the, the mini the mini pickaxe. Climbing thing. axe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's holding the the like torch. Yep. The flaming torch that she dropped. That's right, yep. And she stands there on the rock for a minute and you go, fuck, that's cool. Yeah. She looks like Conan. Looks she's like, Conan like the barbarian. She's like a mixture of all of your favourite Heroes and heroines, yeah, yeah, across a few different movies, like you said, like Conan. Yeah, there's a bit of a Ripley feel, there's bit of a, a Dutch, carry. Dutch from Predator, Dutch from Predator, yeah, covered yeah, in mud, that primal know? kind of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think it channels a lot of those. Yeah, for sure. And in that moment, you go, oh, they've got to watch out now. Yeah, she, yeah, they're in trouble. She kicks some ass. Yeah, and I think the extra thing that added fuel to her steely sort of mm. anger and focus was that remember Juno accidentally. Yep. Uh, uh, kills Beth Puts the axe yeah, through Beth's That's right She turns she, She's fighting him Turns around And accidentally kills Beth Actually she doesn't kill her Oh no that's right No She thinks I think she, she has she Yeah thinks she has. Yeah 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 Because yeah. then Sarah finds Beth That's right yeah, And that's she's right. able to tell her Yeah that's right And that's when Sarah Basically pieces it all together All of it Because of the necklace That Juno that's has right. From Sarah's husband Yes Yeah So that's where a lot of this steely anger comes from as well. Yep. But I think that all of that culminating together in those few moments where yep. you really see her power yeah. express itself is its really impressive. Yeah. I think it was done well. Yep. And I think that she acted it really well too. That transformation yeah. from being a broken, understandably broken person. Yeah, slowly trying to piece her life together. Yeah. So... In the real world, she's trying to climb yeah. up and defeat or, or overcome the the immense sort of tragedy that she's experienced. That's right. And then in the cave, she's doing exactly the same thing. You know what I mean? That's right. But in a much in a, in in a, a literal sense. sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Every sense of the word. Yeah, yeah. Um, and is perhaps more successful in it yeah. in some ways because yeah. it's base survival instinct. Yeah. And yeah. she's able to... Uh, yeah, to kind of get the better of them in a, in a few instances. Yeah. Starts to be able to dispatch them with, I won't say ease, but dispatch them with some efficiency. Oh, there's some skill there. Yeah. <laughs> as does Juno. Yeah, that's Juno true. Juno seems to yep. be a born fighter as well. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, but, yeah, so that that uh, gradual kind of uh, building of the, the fact that they're all being hunted mm. and slowly uh, picked off yeah, yeah. As, it, as it was, and then... Um, Forget where it sort of gets to. I think it gets to that point where she has that yeah. realisation about Beth. Yeah. And then she's able to confront Juno. Yeah, that's right. And she actually disables Juno. Yeah. And then takes off into the cave by herself that's in right. the dark, leaves doesn't her, she? Leaves her to it, yeah. And I think that's a cool moment too yeah. where you go, well, she could have killed her. Yeah. But she... You know, maimed her. Left her to uh, an uncertain fate with the crawlers. <laughs> uh, and then there's a bit of an ambiguous end. Yeah, there is, and there's quite a few theories on it, actually. What's, yeah. your, what's your theory on it? I I think that she died in the cave. Okay. I think yeah. I don't actually count the second movie. 
Yeah, no, me neither. I, I, I don't actually think it, I think it was completely that's crap. Undid yep. the good work they yeah, did. Yeah, let's never talk film. about it again. Okay, so <laughs> so assuming it's a single story arc, mm. I think Sarah perished in the cave. Yeah, me too. But what she had found was peace. Yeah, because there's a, a scene where she can see her daughter. Yeah, celebrating with a birthday cake, and there was a repeating image of that. Um, but it would always get cut off. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Whereas in that moment. She shares that moment with she her lives daughter. It. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and that's her heaven sort of that's thing. That's right. Yeah, it's like her yeah. closure on the whole thing. Yeah, that's how I feel about it. It was it was actually quite a few theories floating around the yeah. internet there. But I, um, some were saying that the cave didn't exist, that it was all in her mind. And all the crawlers didn't exist. And yeah, she just killed yeah. All the they friends. were her own demons that yeah. she was battling and all kinds of stuff. But I don't know. I think, I think there's yeah. metaphorically speaking, that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think, I think it was a literal I thing. I think it was still a real thing, yeah. And there was a part where she's actually ascending that pile yeah, of bones. that's quite an iconic scene, actually, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and I think She's going towards the light. To the light, and yep. then she busts out, and yep. then there's all of that escape. Yeah. But then she wakes up and, and she's driving. Yeah, yeah. Still in the... And I think that's better. Yeah. So it, it shows a symbolic kind of freeing of her mind. Yeah. Um, but then an acceptance of her fate, but also, yeah, like yeah. we said, that, that she's been able to accept... The loss of her family, but then, like you said, like her vision of heaven, yeah. meeting her daughter again, and yeah, yeah, fucking awesome. Great All right, movie. so uh, how many skulls out of five, Warren? Out of five, yeah, it's a five out of five skulls for me, mate. Yeah, I'm gonna say the same. Yeah, so that's uh, yeah, that's a horror movie review for this week. It's a longer one, but it's, I guess it was a a special one. Because um, yeah, Big Was is involved, and it's his all time favorite movie. So that's I it. wanted to give it a bit more volume. Uh, look, sometimes, you know, you're like, uh, you might do a shit and then um, listen to Flying the Wall podcast. And we are back in. You've been <coughs> listening to Flying the Wall podcast, episode 117. My name is Luke. And my name is Big Woz. <laughs> um, final thoughts on tonight's show, my friend? It's been good, mate. It's been good talking about freakish animals. Yeah, I think um, I, had a, I had quite a few chuckles in there. Yeah, it's good. There's yeah. a few of those partnerships and <laughs> yeah. examples that will stick Milo with Milo and the Bone Digger, yeah. probably amongst my favourites <laughs> yeah, there, I'd yeah, say. De- yeah. Definitely. Yeah. The, dash, the vicious group of dash hands marauding through the, the suburbs. I've never met a nice sausage dog. Well, well actually, I tell a lie. I tell a lie. Come on. Um, so... Uh, yeah, a lady I know, her friend has a little dash hound puppy. Yeah. Well, I think it's a puppy. It's just very small. And they it was, are, I did give it a cuddle and it was very, very cute, actually. So there you go. Yeah, it did See? warm the cockles of my heart. <laughs> but um, nah, I, I still want to cut Sasha's dogs in half. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad you refrained from it with that dog for one. No, no, yeah. it was uh, it was a good chat about that, and I enjoyed doing the movie review. Yeah, on the I'll have to get you back again to do a, oh, thanks a, very much, another man. special horror movie one day down the track. Who knows? <laughs> Appreciate it. Thanks <laughs> so much. <coughs> yeah, been an awesome episode. Uh, now, if you guys listening are enjoying what we do, please feel free to jump onto iTunes and give us a rating. What it does, it doesn't like we're not doing any patronage or anything like that. We're not getting paid for anything. All it does is basically. 
put us higher up the rank so that other people can find us as well. I'm doing what I can to promote the show on Instagram. Warren's doing the same on, on Twitter. But we, yeah, we, you know, the more the merrier. If you can get it out there, uh, we've got T-shirts available for sale. So if you'd like a T-shirt, you can email us at the email we gave you earlier or contact us via uh, Instagram. But honestly, guys, just you guys listening is support enough. We love it. Uh, we love doing what we do. We love entertaining you guys. We love the fact that you're out there getting a bit of a kick out of it as well, don't we, Warren? That's it, mate. That's it. It gives us a lot of pleasure. Yeah, a lot of pleasure. A lot of pleasure. Probably <laughs> more pleasure than amount is of legal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's it for episode 117. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week for 118. Uh, be good to yourselves and be good to those goats because you know what? They're animals, um, yes, and technically they're, they're lower on, in the animal kingdom than we are, but I dare say that uh, a lot of goats are probably smarter than a lot of people. What do you reckon, B-Was? Easily. Yeah, easily. easily. I've met some interesting folks, yeah. and I would say they're as dumb as a bag of dicks, to be <laughs> honest, and I've probably had better conversations with the goat. Right. Yeah. I, I'm curious as to where this goat was that you've conversed with. Um... Maybe that's a story for another day. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would just say if in your travels you encounter a lion who happens to be called Bone Digger, you run. Look out, yeah, yeah look out for a, an understudy called Milo. <laughs> an understudy. And watch out, okay? Toodles. Uh-huh.